Hello and welcome to This Week Explained. I am Tiana. And I'm Carvin. And today we will be discussing the big geopolitical events of the week. But first, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that we have a lot of new listeners this week. And I suspect we have the Bad Christian Podcast to thank for that. So thank you to Matt, Toby, Devin, and Micah for welcoming Carvin into your domain and allowing him to explain a little bit about what he does. Yeah, it was it was an amazing podcast. I felt like it could have gone on for three or four hours. Uh, that might not have been good for listeners, but uh, so so much that we tackled in that episode, and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't enough. And I think we'll I'll be doing that again um, in the next really few cool. months. Yeah, well, but definitely. Now... Thank you for those guys. And the BC yeah. Club has been very accommodating, and they have started to listen to the podcast. We've already noticed it, so thank you. Yeah, um, we at Oakland Analytics just wanted to take a second to welcome and thank you for choosing our tiny independent podcast to listen to. We hope you learned something and are able to make a well-informed opinion about geopolitical issues and current world events. We also make it a little bit more palatable for people who don't want to sit there and listen to somebody drone on and on for an extended period of time. So it's in a short format podcast. So it's easier to, you know, listen and absorb the information that we kind of give you. <laughs> no one wants to hear us talk for over an hour. Trust me. Um, our goal isn't to push a narrative. We just want to give you the facts and statistics so that you can form your own conclusion. And while we definitely do not hold back as to where we stand on these issues, we hope you respect our stance, but form your own opinions. Once again, welcome to our podcast. So Welcome, everybody. Yes, welcome. Thank you for giving us a listen. We appreciate it. Uh, let's get right to it. What is on your radar this week? A lot, a lot, It right? has been crazy in the world. Uh, it's not just Russia, Ukraine these days. There's more stuff going on. Uh, well, so that's good. We're going we're gonna to start, as always, with the Russia, Ukraine update. Mm -hmm. um, there has been quite the feud on social media about biolabs in Ukraine. We're going to break that down for everybody. Uh, finally, Russia has requested help from China, according to U.S. intelligence. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the male state. We don't need to talk about that. We're talking about that. <laughs> this for... <laughs> this one, this organization is very important to talk about. I know it's completely uh, I different. Love the name. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we don't need to talk about you men anymore. <laughs> it's our time now. Okay, we've, <laughs> we've recently had U.S. journalists killed in Ukraine. Yeah. Or journalists working for uh, U.S. media. Mm -hmm. um, there's a new nuclear alliance. We're going to get into that. Um, Iran hits Israel once again, so that war keeps raging on uh also saudi arabia executed 81 people in one day that was an all-time high for uh for saudi arabia oh gosh and then this week's history's mystery since it is still march we are continuing our uh female women. spies women in espionage and we're oh, gonna talk yes. about the woman odette okay i don't know anything about this one so i'm very excited um, there's a lot to get into, so I'm not going to drag out anything. Hit us with that Russia-Ukraine update, please. Okay, so Russian forces continue to regroup near Ukraine's larger cities in preparation for upcoming attacks. 
Uh, the Ukrainian army has conducted several successful counterattacks and destroyed quite a few pieces of Russian equipment, not to mention the tractors that have towed those pieces of Russian equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe the best thing in this whole yeah, situation, is, is watching tractors take tanks back to a farm. Hey, you know, those will plow pretty well, I'm sure. Uh, there, So there was a theater... Uh, sheltering civilians that was bombed in Maripol. And that's according to Ukrainian officials. Now, Russia denies the airstrike occurred, but we know they will never admit to doing anything against civilians. Now, Maripol's city council shared images of a burning building and saying hundreds of residents had taken refuge inside and the number of casualties was not yet known. Now, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky addressed U.S. Congress this week calling on it to, quote-unquote, do more, or as we like to say, do better. Do better. <laughs> it's my favorite Twitter meme. It's just yeah. do better. Yep, you do use that all the time. <laughs> but specifically, uh, he's continuing to push for a no-fly zone over Ukraine, which the U.S. and NATO do not back. Uh, the U.S. did, however, approve $800 million in security assistance to Ukraine, and vowed to send more weapons. So, to recap, the war rages on, and while there is talk of the possibility of being close on a ceasefire agreement, I'm not optimistic that will happen. And I'm also not alone in that, as the French defense minister is not optimistic as well, or is just tired of being lied to by his Russian counterparts. Well, thank you for that bummer of an update. Um... <laughs> There has been a lot of chatter about biolabs in Ukraine, and what is the deal there? Oh, yeah, that's been the top story in the fact-checking community. Mm -hmm. As Russia has been pushing a narrative that Ukraine has been creating biological weapons to use on, the, on its people and also Russian troops. And so that is uh, being funded, they say, by the Pentagon or the Department of Defense in the United States. And if used, would be a war crime and justify Putin's actions. So is there any truth to the claims that Ukraine has biological weapons that they are ready to use? Oh, well, like everything in the world, the truth is a little more nuanced than yes or no. Uh, does Ukraine have a number of biolabs in the country? Yes. Every country has biolabs used to research various diseases. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the biolabs are distinguished by the level of disease being researched. For example, the highest level of biosafety is considered BSL-4. Uh, there are currently 60 BSL-4 labs in the world, seven of which are in the United States. As well, Russia has one, but Ukraine has zero. They do have some level three biolabs that were created by the U.S.-based company uh, Black & Veatch, there has not, at this time, been any definitive proof that Ukraine owns a bioweapons facility, let alone having the facility financed by the U.S. government. Now, Echo Analytics, a U.S.-based open-source intelligence company, did a great deep dive into this. And we'll try to touch on a few things real quick, but I do want to say one thing. Uh, just because you read something on the Internet doesn't make it true. Just because you're listening to this doesn't mean that it's yeah, the truth. Yeah, don't, don't take everything we say with fa at face value either because there are other, you know, point of views and other things that you need to take into consideration. Exactly. And many in the media, and especially in politics, are very careful with their wording. 
so you'll see politicians and the media alike carefully word their theories. Well, can you give us an example of that? Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, so the way misinformation works is to only be as truthful as you need to be to form and promote a, the narrative you want people to believe. Right. Here's the example. Okay. Let's say a former Democratic presidential candidate says, quote, Ukraine has several highly dangerous biological laboratories funded by the U.S. Pentagon. Is this true? And, yeah. That would be up for interpretation. Mm -hmm. What do you consider highly dangerous? So BSL-3 labs work with yellow fever, West, West Nile virus, uh, and the bacteria that causes tuberculosis. Black mm -hmm. and Beach claims those are, quote unquote, especially dangerous pathogens. Yeah. Uh, Black and Veatch also say that the labs in Ukraine are, quote, specifically designed and constructed to support work with especially dangerous pathogens that can be naturally occurring or introduced through a bioterrorism attack. It serves as a collateral location for research, consolidation, and training on the proper handling of dangerous pathogens. The lab also provides the Ukraine Ministry of Health, a safe environment to confirm diagnosis of suspected dangerous pathogens, enhancing public health while deterring bioterrorism. Okay, but do we know specifically where this information came from? Well, Echo Analytics actually traced it back to February 25th of this year, and oh. uh, that a member of the anonymous image board 4chan posted... Now there is... Uh, there <laughs> yeah. is a very, very... <laughs> I could see you had a reaction for that. <laughs> That's where I get my news from. That's where he gets his news from 4chan. Now we've lost all our listeners. Thank yeah, you guess. so much. Thank you well, so much. Okay. Anyways, just I keep mean, going. even if you are on 4chan, I hope you continue to listen. I'm not going to be disparaging uh, no. to these guys, but it was posted on 4chan, which is known for posting misinformation. Mm-hmm. And it was said that the U.S. Department of Defense funded Ukrainian bioweapons. Now, this, po this post caught fire, and uh, and it caught the attention of QAnon and started making the around. Another, uh, another, <laughs> another group known for their unbiased. I thought I could slide that one past you. Hey, no, just, I'm sorry. Just keep, no. keep going. I'm sorry. I keep cutting you. I, I keep cutting you off and I apologize. I'm just like, what are these examples that you're yeah. Well, QAnon uh, quickly caught on to it and okay. uh, started making the rounds on social media. Now, we honestly don't have enough time in this podcast to get into it, so I just want to finish this topic by saying words mean a lot. Are there biolabs in Ukraine? Yes. Was it funded by the Department of Defense? Yes, by a grant from DITRA, the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. Which is the only Department of Defense organization focused exclusively on countering and deterring weapons of mass destruction and emerging threats. Okay. Are there biological weapons being researched in Ukraine currently supported by the U.S. Department of Defense? Not that I have seen yet. I always like to say yet because yeah. acts can, can... They can change. Things, yeah. Circumstances they, can change. Circumstances yeah. can change and yeah. things, things can, you know, come from intelligence agencies and secret, like, you know, oh, secret we had, aspects. We, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Um, now, that that lab and weapon distinction is important. So if of a course. highly classified bioweapons laboratory funded by DOD is found, 
Yeah. U.S. is going to have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it's going to be tough for anyone that knew about them to come back from that revelation. Yeah. Now, I, I rambled a bit, but I think this topic is very important. I want to say one more time. I have not seen evidence of a biological weapons laboratory mm -hmm. in Ukraine funded by the U.S. Department of Defense. If okay. I do see that evidence, we will provide that to all of you. Well, thank you for explaining the nuance there. Um, I read recently that Russia and China are discussing more of a partnership. And what is the deal with that? Yeah, so this week, Russia has requested the support of China in its invasion of Ukraine. Uh, the request included military aid and equipment, but it's not clear what specifically Moscow has requested. Now, U.S. intelligence has, in has information suggesting China has interest in providing Russia with the requested military and financial assistance as part of its war on Ukraine. Mostly the request from the Kremlin uh, to Beijing concerns monetary assistance, but Russia also inquired about drones. Uh, the Russians seem to uh, seem not to have anticipated that they or Ukraine would deploy drones in this conflict. <laughs> that, I know that's not a smart move. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Now, at this point, Russia has committed all of the troops it had pre-staged around Ukraine's borders prior to its invasion. I want to make a distinction there. It's all the troops they already had staged on the border, not all Russian troops. So the the soldiers that were there for exercises? Right, for the ex yes, quote-unquote exercises. For the quote-unquote exercises. I hope you guys heard the quotes I was putting in my voice. The exercises? Yeah, and okay. they have a million more that they can send out for cannon fodder. Oh, okay. Well, Now, despite using those hundreds of thousands of troops that were pre-staged, the Russian advance on Kiev from three separate directions has made slow progress. Uh, with even days where the troops remain stalled in sitting targets for Ukrainians. So is China even considering sending aid to Russia, or what? what's going on with that? Well, China is playing it safe, and they've even stated that the report is false, that Russia even asked for aid. Of course. Uh, the U.S. is getting ahead of this by holding a meeting with high-level Chinese officials warning them against aiding Russia during this war. Uh, China has the second largest economy in the world. They have the largest active military. They have the fourth best cybersecurity apparatus and the third most nuclear arsenal, which is quickly expanding to hypersonics. This is a cause for concern, as sanctions will not do much to persuade China from staying out of a global conflict. Um, I'd say that's quite concerning. What is this talk of the male state and i'm not talking about just so you males. don't want me to answer that personally yeah no yeah this is not a personal question directed toward you i would like to know what the male state is please well the male state is a russian-based online gang of racist okay, you, don't, you don't need to say anymore i already know right, okay. <laughs> done <laughs> Of course, they, that's they their name. Are that would be their name. For being okay. racist, homophobes. Okay, okay, keep going. Keep going. And misogynists. Going. Yes, okay. All right. They were even designated an extremist group in their own country in 2021. 
Mm-hmm. And in October of 2021, the private intelligence company Bellingcat posted a complete research paper on the mail state. And I'm going to link that in the show notes for everybody to read to include the mail state if they'd like to read that. And I'd like to read that so I can dislike them even more than I already do. You will. That's spoiler alert. You'll hate them more. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, while they are considered an extremist group in Russia, they are still very popular with Russia's far-right population. Well, that makes them an extremist group. Uh, I mean, what makes them an extremist group? And why would you say they are racist, homophobes, and misogynists? Because you don't just throw those terms around loosely you know well i'll tell you a story from this past summer so summer of 2021 it was an ad for a health it was a shit time for us well yeah okay we won't even get into that sorry i don't even want to think about summer 2021 but all right let's get to it let's have something else that sucks about it (laughs) there was an ad for a uh, health food supermarket chain in russia um and so they posted this ad, and one of the families in the ad were a uh, LGBTQ plus family, uh, to which the supermarket chain said, it'd be hypocritical not to talk about the real families of our customers. Uh, before I keep going on, just making a distinction, they had families of all different types, uh, races, um, you know, different, different sexes, things like that. They had one gay family, uh, and, and they put that into the ad. Is now that, that all ad, they have in Russia? Is one gay family? Well, they got the one gay family. That we know of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just that, remember them that, pushing. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I was uh, just thinking about when we were in Russia and how our um, how our translator and lovely tour guide, I adore her. She just kept pushing the narrative that there's so, she's like, there's so many different kinds of people here. There's so many different colored babies and so many we have lots of different colored babies around here because we are not racist here in Russia. And we're and like, not everyone Man. is. Yeah, not everyone is. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I, I just thought it was weird that she felt it necessary to keep driving that point home with us and we're like okay cool where <laughs> and, and like i said not everyone is and she wasn't she was no, a very she was very wonderful she was sweet, wonderful. awesome person and I still love her to death yeah um but i'm that, sorry i keep i keep it's like, no 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 it's it's a good distinction because um even according to russian law yeah, that ad had to be rated for individuals aged 18 plus due because... to the law against the promotion of so-called propaganda of non-traditional sexual relationships. That includes yeah. homosexuality and mixed race families. Yeah. So the male state, we're still summer of 2021. The male state immediately jumped into action and posted on their secure messaging chats in Telegram that those featured in the ad were untermint which is the German word for subhuman used by the Nazis. Oh, that's disgusting. Very disgusting. That now, is all so, parties uh, uh. in the ad to include the supermarket were uh-huh. then attacked by the followers of the male state. The ad was discontinued, and the family that was involved fled to Spain by August because their life was in danger. So they used it actual families. Yes. Like actual family units in their ads and they were forced to leave because of these jerks on a secret message board running there i can't believe they caved to that that they were like oh 
because they're on this little message board running their little mouths behind their little computer screens. We're going to we're going to listen to them. Yeah, if that, you thought cancel culture in the U.S. was bad. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, OK, sorry. That made my stomach hurt. That breaks my heart that that family had to flee. And they uh, anyways. Whew, all right. Trying to get my head right. So what are they doing now in regards to Russia's war on Ukraine? Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Well, uh, it's a lot of talk right now with some sprinkles of disinformation and misinformation. So there's no formal uh, violent attacks by the group yet that I have seen. Now, since the invasion of Ukraine, many male state members have suggested a strike on you. Uh, uh, a missile strike on Ukrainian President Zelensky, Mm. who is Jewish, Mm -hmm. and his Mm -hmm. associates in Kiev. Uh, And it could be seen as a solution of the Ukrainian question. That is so disgusting. that phrase is a nod to the Nazi term, final solution, in regards to the Jews in the 1930s and 40s. I am trying so hard to hold back it's not an easy topic to talk about i want to i want to say so many things but it's not an easy topic to talk about unbiased i'm gonna yeah it really it really isn't i'm okay i'm just gonna ask a question and hopefully it will distract me from the hatred that is (laughs) coursing through my veins right now and okay how dangerous is this group curvin well, and I'm laughing because I'm pissed off. Okay, I got not you. I'm, and, and I'm, I'm just, just trying I'm to word to this. People, I'm saying that to people who don't know me. Like laughing sounds like I'm making light of it, and I'm not. When I'm extremely uncomfortable, I giggle at inappropriate times, and this is one of those times. So I'm sorry. I do. Uh, thank you for making that distinction because yeah. I don't. We have a lot of new listeners today. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want people thinking that we're just trying to make no, fun. No, we are light not. Of ma- you're not making light of this. This is very. This is very serious. Okay. Because sorry, I do consider them very dangerous. Okay. And it's not because that their group is huge in numbers, but they are huge in propaganda, and that propaganda is being picked up by a war-weary Western, I guess, globe. You know, Western Europe and the U.S. They're looking for reasons to stay out of the conflict. Mm -hmm. And this type of messaging suggests, one, Ukraine was once and has always been Russian. Mm -hmm. Two, Ukraine has been infiltrated by Nazis looking to promote ethnic cleansing in the region. Oh, this is playing into that, huh? Yep. And finally, that Ukraine is led by a pro-Nazi puppet regime. Mm. Now, the disinformation... Here, it it is subtle, and in some extremist communities, they are very effective. It could lead to a rift among the populations of various NATO countries, to include the U.S., as they try Mm -hmm. to decide whether to get involved in this war. Now, as we all know, when a country's population is divided at war, it becomes difficult for their militaries to be effective. Mm -hmm. That's the danger the male state poses for nations outside of Russia. It's their ability to quickly and effectively push a narrative 
is only rivaled by our own corporate media. Well, <clears throat> I'm sure there will be more about this garbage bag group in the future. Definitely. Um, speaking of corporate media and journalism, do you have information on the tragic deaths of journalists in Ukraine? Yeah, and let me first say, so you're going to hear us harp on the media a lot yeah. if you continue listening to this podcast. Yes. Uh, and it's just because we want to keep them honest, especially during this misinformation era. Where you can just post whatever you want, say whatever you want, put all that clickbait on there. Yeah, and I, you can you can post it. something on Twitter. It can be it can be retweeted a hundred thousand times. Picked up by reputable yeah, picked up by you, reputable news outlets. You can tweet out an edit mm-hmm. that gets about twelve retweets saying you were wrong. And the narrative that was pushed was the wrong narrative. And it happens yeah. every day. Yeah. Now, we have never, and I don't like to say never, we will never, that is a promise, call on anyone to harm or attack anyone, let alone journalists just trying to do their job. Absolutely not. Yeah. Each of these deaths are tragic. It's just as tragic as war in general. Now, the first person was uh, Brent Reynold an acclaimed filmmaker and journalist. He was killed on March 13th when his vehicle came under fire at a checkpoint 10 kilometers northwest of Kiev. He was traveling with American journalist Juan Arredondo, who was also wounded and taken to a hospital in Kiev. Now, also, two journalists working for Fox News have also been killed. It was uh, cameraman Pierre Zakrz... Oh, I'm going to get this one so wrong. I had it before. Zakrzewski. Zakrzewski. I, I apologize to his family. Yeah, I, yeah for that I'm one. sorry. We're not trying to be disrespectful. We're just idiots. And also Alexandra Kupshinova, who yeah. was just 24 at the time. Oh, she's a baby. And they were killed when their vehicle was struck by incoming fire on the outskirts of Kiev. And now their colleague, Benjamin Hall, was wounded, and he also remains in the hospital in Kiev. Do you think there will be any retaliation for the deaths of these innocent people? Well, right now, the retaliation will be after the war uh, has ended. And that retaliation is going to come in the form of war crime accusations pointed at Vladimir Putin and all of the high-ranking Russian military officials who greenlit these attacks. But right now, NATO and the U.S. are still playing the sanctions game. Well, obviously... That is tragic, and our hearts go out to their families and friends and colleagues who now have to pick up the pieces from this. Um, We don't want to gloss over the fact that these are real people risking their lives to provide information to the globe. Um, Should we talk about the new nuclear alliance? Yeah, we'll do that. Thank you for for saying that. We are shifting over, but I don't want to gloss no. over. Yeah, I know it's like a it's like a <laughs> the transition's not very good, but we just have so much information to cover. And obviously, if you want to know more, just go on our website. We will have links, and we will Definitely. have the information. We'll have their names if you want to search, look them up. Yep. The blog you know. goes up at ten a.m. Friday, yeah. Friday morning, and it will have the names. Friday morning. Everything you want to look up, we've got it. Don't worry. But we are going to get into the uh, the new nuclear alliance in in Asia. So, uh, 
Recently, reports have emerged that Iran and North Korea have formed an alliance on nuclear operations. That coincides with the recent testing of missiles while the world watches Russia invade Ukraine. Now, this week, reporting has indicated North Korea test-fired <laughs> the Hwansong-17, also known as the Monster Missile, which, if effective, could reach Washington, D.C. from North Korea. I already, that's why I started giggling, but this I is the already, story you wanted. You wanted this story. This, I wanted this story in here. I already know the answer to this, but I will ask it anyway for those who may not know. How did that test fire go, Kevin? Well, it failed and it failed immediately. Ha <laughs> ha. And that was actually one of the indicators that it was indeed the monster missile, as this would be the first test flight of that missile. And it usually takes about three test fires to validate a missile. Now, the key date for a successful test fire will be around April 15th when the country celebrates the 110th anniversary of the birth of founding leader Kim Il-sung. And this is a date they normally promote their military might through parades and those missile launches. Why is the alliance with Iran interesting? Well, Iran is attempting to gain nuclear power and North Korea is a country that has similar worldview towards the West and the United States. Now, Iran is looking for the destruction of Israel, and while North Korea may not have that specific goal, they do view Israel as a Western country and would not be opposed to helping Iran achieve their goal. Well, that's a perfect segue to the next topic about Iran and Israel. Um, is it just me, or are things heating up again in the Middle East at the most inopportune time possible? Everything's yeah, ramping up right now. Everybody's getting, like... Their balls are growing, and they're like, you know what? Everybody's distracted by Russia. We're going to start showing our might right now. Man, I'm sure someone right now is thinking, Tiana, things are always hot in the Middle East. But <laughs> while that is true, things have started to boil for sure. Now, first, Iran decided it would be smart to launch a dozen missiles toward a U.S. base in Erbil, Iraq. Mm -hmm. Then, Iran took credit for it. <laughs> now, however, in taking credit, they did mention it was targeting uh, two advanced Israeli centers. Why the distinction that it was targeting Israeli positions? Well, that's the easiest way to not get a reaction from more uh, pro-U.S. countries in the Middle East. So the, the majority of Middle Eastern countries have a worldview inconsistent with Israel's existence. And this has been a battle since pretty much the dawn of time. But this has to be a huge red flag to the U.S. and Western Europe as they re-engage in talks about Iran's nuclear capabilities, right? Yeah, that's not no doubt there. That's true. Uh, this was a uh, terrible miscalculation. But Iran continues to fight a remote war with Israel where they either deliberately attack Israeli sites or retaliate against Israeli strikes on Iranian nuclear sites. So let me ask the pertinent question that's on everyone's minds right now. How close are we to World War III? Uh, closer than we'd ever been. And honestly, I, for one, am getting tired of living through these major historical events. Mm. Give us one month without a major event, especially now that baseball season is less than a month away. Natalie Whoa. needs to go back Na to Nats Natalie, Natalie needs to go back. Let's start the timer today, and we'll see how long we can go. We should get that sign, and it just says, 
X days since the last major historical event, and it'll just stay on zero, probably. Yeah, it'll, we're not gonna have we're not gonna be able to change that number. <laughs> tomorrow, something else will happen. Hey, in the next couple of hours, something is going to happen. I'm sure. Um, let's get to one of my favorite parts of this: um, history's mysteries. Well, it's first, time for history's mysteries, right? Not yet. Oh. I do have one more story. You punk! I <laughs> thought it was time! <laughs> I do have It is that time, actually, but this is going long because we have so much to Yeah, to there's cover. a lot going. I get it. Because our little sign that says X days since the last major <laughs> historical event still says zero. So yeah. we've got to cover still all. still says X. We don't it even have a X. number there. <laughs> so I, did, I just wanted to shed some light on the atrocities of the Saudi government. So I'm not trying to gloss over this, as I do think it's important in the context of geopolitics and which countries are aligning themselves. So this past Saturday, Saudi Arabia executed 81 people convicted of crimes ranging from killings to belonging to militant groups. And it's the largest known mass execution carried out in the kingdom in its modern history. Now, by contrast, the most people executed in one day in the U.S. in modern history is four in 2017, three of those came from the state of Ohio. What? what? <laughs> so those were all people convicted of murder and sentenced to death. Yeah. Uh, the The number of death penalty cases being carried out in Saudi Arabia had dropped during the coronavirus pandemic, though the kingdom continued to behead various convicts, and that is how they are executing people. Is that really how they did it? They cut yes. off the heads of all 81 people? And they're being overt about it. Uh, this was not a covert mission, as the state-run Saudi press agency announced Saturday's executions, saying they included those, quote, convicted of various crimes, including the murdering of innocent men, women, and children. So, sorry, it's taking me a couple seconds to process that. Take all the time you need. Oh my god, that is so. That that's okay. That's very tragic, and that thank you for dragging us down further. I appreciate that. Our the tone definitely shifted a great deal. So this better be a great history's mystery, sir. Come on, we need we need something to end on a good note. We need a high note here, dude. It will be great. I'm just gonna take a quick sip from my Saint Patty's. Guinness. Oh, a St. Patty's Day Guinness. I cheers you, but you aren't near me. I'm Ghost. Ghost cheer or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That's not, a, that's not a thing. Every history's mysteries is good. That's true. And this one, it's no exception. Mm -hmm. I like to plug myself sometimes. Yeah, he's like, I'm so good at researching history, guys. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was always told, you know. Well, you did want to be a history. That's never what I was told. No, whenever we started dating, you wanted to be a history professor. I did. I was going to take you to Austin, Texas to teach at the University of Texas. And it and didn't that never happen. happen. No, it never happened. Nothing but if the University of Texas is listening and <laughs> wants to hire a son. <laughs> now let's get, all right. It's yeah, gone way to, too yeah, long. I'm yeah, sorry. We're going, yeah, we're going off the rails. For get all the new listeners, buddy. please stick with us. It does not it's get... It's the St. Patty's go Day episode. We're sorry. <laughs> so this week, 
we're going to discuss another extremely important woman in espionage history. Uh, her name was uh, Odette Hallows. She was born on uh, April 28th of 1912 in Amiens, France. At a time when it was rare for a woman to step out of the domestic environment, let alone engage in dangerous undercover war work. Now, Odette had entered the brink of hell and survived against the odds to testify against her persecutors at the International Nazi War Crimes Tribunal in Hamburg. Her contribution to the war effort was deemed to be all the more remarkable because she was the mother of three small daughters. I Did you, did you pick her because of similarities? I did not, but I noted that similarity while I was researching, and I said it I has, mean, obviously, to, this has obviously, to be this episode. I mean, obviously, I'm not a spy. I've never done anything even remotely close to that. I stay in the Keep domestic... Keep the disinformation campaign going, Tiana. Oh, sh- <laughs> Don't do me dirty like that. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Back to Odette. Uh, She arrived on the beaches in France on the night of uh, November 2nd of 1942 and joined the Spindle Network, trying to get information to the French resistance. And she arrived at a difficult time for the network as there was internal strife, as well as a list of members that had been lost and recovered by German forces, leaving all members exposed. She was tasked to find food and lodging for French resistance members in France illegally that had no ration card and also to tend to airdrops that were sometimes carelessly placed in dangerous areas. And due to this work, Odette was arrested by Italian forces posted at a hotel in St. Julius at 2 a.m. on April 16th. She was interrogated by the Gestapo 14 times. Wow. She was subjected to torture. Her back was scorched with a red-hot poker, and all of her toenails were pulled out. Oh, my gosh. That would have gotten me to tell you everything. Yeah, I would have just made stuff up. (laughs) Yet, (laughs) she refused to disclose the whereabouts of other British agents and stuck to her cover that the man she was with was her husband, Peter Churchill, who she claimed to be the nephew of Winston Churchill. Was he actually related to Winston? Not at all, and they weren't even married. Hmm. Now, after those interrogations, Odette was condemned to death on two counts in June 1943, to which she responded, this is a great quote from her, she told them, then you will have to make up your mind on what count I am to be executed, because I can only die once. (laughs) And she was then sent to the largest German concentration camp for women called Ravensbrück. Now, interestingly... When U.S. forces reached the south of France, Odette was taken to a U.S. base by Camp Commandant Fritz Zorin, hoping that her supposed connections to Winston Churchill might allow him to negotiate his way out of execution. Did that work out for him? Nope. He was convicted and hanged in 1950 because of Odette. Now, Odette's survival was integral in convicting war criminals associated with the German Gestapo and Nazi Party. She testified against numerous prison guards charged with war crimes at the 1946 Hamburg-Ravensbrück trials. In 1947, she did, in fact, marry Peter Churchill. <laughs> there was a love that, that happened. Well, obviously, <laughs> in times like that, you know, you make a connection. 
Yeah, you do. Yeah, and that's a lasting so connection. Yeah, that that's intense, of course. <laughs> However, there remains no family connection to Winston Churchill. Ugh. But she's even better because her actions point to the type of endurance and courage a spy needs in the face of adversity. Under intense torture, she refused to give information that could help the Germans arrest more spies in the area. Each one of those individuals working with the French resistance at that time have her to thank for their survival. That's incredible. I really liked the amount of detail in, in this this week's Histories Mysteries. That's that's great. She is uh man, I can't I can't even imagine because like I said, I would be telling you everything. I like that she married her fake Winston Churchill relative. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That's really great. <laughs> is there anything else for this week? Uh, after that, no, I, uh, we are definitely out of time this week. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Well, as always, if you like this show, please try to tell at least one person about us. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, head over to Apple or Spotify podcasts and give us a five-star review because those help us get noticed by thousands of podcast listeners globally. And as always, if you would like in-depth coverage of these stories and more, or more specifically, if you don't want to hear us talk for 30 minutes or more, I have the text of what we've discussed today on our website, on our community at oakwindanalytics.com. Tiana, thank you so much for taking your time on St. Patrick's Day to do Heck this. Yeah, it was tough, but I, uh, <laughs> I got through it. You guys should thank me for my service. Thank you for your service. Now you're <laughs> calling yourself out. Now everybody knows. Now I know. Everybody knows <laughs> I'm a spy now. But until next week, Especially you, Tiana. Yeah. Stay safe out there.